Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Welcome, Nikki, to the Limitless Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. And I just wanted to start off by sharing something that I was reading on your Instagram because I thought it was so great and such a great way to set the tone for our conversation. Everybody who's listening today about, um, listening to our soul and letting that guide our manifestations. Um, you had this beautiful vision. I love art and like expression. You're like picking flowers and you have this beautiful music and I didn't even read the caption, but I was like, yes, that that's what I want. That's who I want to be. And there's just such effortless flow and ease and beauty and, and grace and light just emitting from you. And as I was reading what you wrote about it, it was like, I secretly dreamed of becoming this person, but wasn't sure if I could become her someone who grows flowers, me, someone who arranges flowers, me. And it's so cool because then you're like, you know, this is my life. This is my reality. So I just wanted to paint that picture of everyone, like who you are and like where your energy is, um, where you are, you just moved right to a completely different location. Um, like your soul led you to like connect with a different energy to continue on this path. So I am just really excited to talk about all of these ways that we can tune in. I think a lot of people listening want and are ready, or maybe already have started to really tune in to what is it that I want and how can I quantumly leap into that reality? Like right now, without dragging myself through suffering, (laughs) dragging myself through all of this suffering and misery, just to think I earned it. So maybe we'll start there with, with, with with your transition into this, like this beautiful goddess who picks flowers and is like living your Dharma, living your truth and, and in the way that you define it, um, and how you transition from, from your past life of being in beauty and fashion to being in this space of, of being an intuitive and really owning your magic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hi everybody. I'm so honored to be here with you today and hopefully, um, may the wisdom of the divine come through us in this conversation and support you on your own journey. So she's, so Kelly's referring to this um, reel that I recently put up where I was just like chopping little flowers that I grew. Um, Well, some were, some are just natural uh, wildflowers that grow and some that I, that my husband grew for me and just felt like I wanted to cut them up and put them into a vase. And just a year ago, I would have like never, that just would not have been possible for me. I was living in Miami, Florida, which is where I'm from. Um, I'm of, you know, my both my parents are Cuban immigrants. So I grew up in Miami and Miami is a vibe, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's it's hot and it's sexy and it's all these like, and it's fast and it's all these beautiful things. But 
I never really fully felt uh, like I belonged there. Um, I have a beautiful group of friends, but there was just always something like calling me to go somewhere else. But at the same time, there was these traditions that I loved. Like I loved being around my family and my friends and being in a Cuban community and all those things. So, you know, I stayed, I married there and my husband was from the same community. So it just never felt like, and then you throw kids into the mix and then you just like never feel like it's the time to live your life. Um, So we were just doing, you know, checking things off the box. I think I, you know, I was, I'm grateful that I did discover that I wanted to move out of fashion and beauty years ago. That was about, I guess about 12 years ago. Um, I was doing that transition actually like right when I was marrying my husband at the same time. And so I started like in little ways, but I think that once you dedicate yourself to a soul led life or a heart led life, like it just gets deeper and deeper with time. And I think that, so I, I would say like the first well, not the first, but one of the most important like soul-led moments was when I started to leave fashion and beauty, even though fashion and beauty was actually a soul-led choice years before that, right? So it's like, not that it was ever bad, but I have, for whatever reason, have always been able to listen to where the current is trying to take me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes faster than others, right? Like sometimes you hear it and you just want to ignore it for a couple of years. Um, so definitely have done that before, but eventually that, that voice gets me and like, I have nothing, I, there's like nothing else I can do, but follow it at some point. So developing the bravery to follow that voice that you hear is a big part of the process. I would also say that, um, once you follow it once, you know, you're going to get rewarded. So it gets like easier in a way to follow the voice. So I had followed the voice before um, actually I moved from Miami to LA, um, to work in film in in the film industry in PR. And that was like my first, first ever move. That was like after college. And I just like felt the call. I was, I was actually engaged very young and I was like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? Like, I just thought that that was what you were supposed to do. So I broke <laughs> the wedding, moved to LA, um, started working in the industry And that was like the first thing. And I was so rewarded by that choice. It was so scary. I was putting that choice off for many years. I mean, I could have broken off that wedding two years prior, but I didn't have like the courage yet. I was so afraid. I was afraid of all the people I was going to disappoint. I was afraid of, you know, hurting this person that was a beautiful person. Um, I was afraid of the unknown because I only knew what I knew. So, um, but actually eventually I heard this the voice so loud, like literally I was yeah, visiting. What does your voice sound like? Well, I always say it like <laughs> so when you're talking about this, we, we can hear it too. Like, is yours like really loud and like demanding? Like, yeah. Is it the sound of Mufasa's voice from right? Lion King? You know, does everybody <laughs> want that, that voice? Mine is um, definitely feminine, I would say. And um, it's like, elevated, like almost, um, if I'm listening, if let's say I'm watching TV and then the volume would go up really quick and then it drops down Mm. that volume going up is my voice. It, and you know, the voice at the end of the day is your intuition, right? Mm. And all of us get intuition different ways. There's many, you can get downloads, you can hear, you can feel, I have a combination. You could see, I have a combination, but I've always been a very strong, like here, I can hear, um, the voice. So as a tip, you guys, if you 
know what kind of learner you are. That's probably the strongest intuition you have. So if you're like a visual learner or you're um, you're really good at listening to podcasts, that's that's going to be probably your strongest intuition. Or if you're, you know, you, you find yourself absorbing a lot of other people's energy, that is going to kind of show when you start to study your own intuition, you can go deeper into like that feeling. Mm-hmm. So just a little, a little tip. So yeah, mine is like definitely uh, kind of goddess, but like straight to the point energy mm-hmm. at the same time that she doesn't have a lot of words, you know? And this is my intuition. It's the voice of my higher self, however you want to call it. And that moment in New York City was the first time I like really heard it very loud. And I just heard very simply, like, you are made for something bigger. And I just like, it's like once you hear something like that and you just can't turn away from it, like I I couldn't turn away from it at that point. So I came back home to Miami, broke off this, this wedding that I had you know, grieved a little bit. And then in a few weeks, I was like, all right, what are we going to do now? So (laughs) I was so excited. So I moved to LA. So that was like the first time I had heard the voice, followed it, made the leap. And I was so rewarded that I, I was like, okay, like maybe this is not a bad thing. You know, maybe I can listen to this more. Maybe I can follow this more. So I think whenever you're thinking about following your inner voice and you're a little scared, it could be helpful to look back to see like when was the last time you listened to it? Cause I'm sure you have at some point and try to remember how rewarded you were, you know, even if it was a hard thing, obviously it was very hard to break off the wedding and all that stuff. But I was like very much rewarded. I felt very free. I was able to expand and move to LA. Um, There's a lot of hard things about, you know, moving to LA and being on my own, but I was rewarded. Mm-hmm. And like once your brain understands that, like if, when you follow this, you are rewarded, right. it gets a little easier. So that was like my first step to do that. Yeah. What, can you just explain for everybody who's listening where, where like, maybe if they're listening to this and trying to unpack, okay, well, when have I heard my, my highest self? When have I heard my inner voice? What's the opposite of that? Like, what's the opposite of what you might be hearing or feeling when you, when you um, are not in connection with that? Yeah. Great. Such a great question. So, and and it's kind of similar to the question of like, oh, how do I know if it's my intuition or it's my fear, you know, my anxiety, all that kind of stuff. So definitely there's a process to get to know the the inner voice. Like, you know, you, you might have to experiment with it, but there's a few things. I always say like, your inner voice is not like this anxious friend that's like hyped up on like way too much coffee, you know, like, so sometimes we have that voice and it's so fast and it talks a lot and it like goes in circles. That's not the voice, you know? Mm. Um, It's not to say that whatever your anxiety is concerned about, it's not to say that that's not a real concern or that it's not a real fear, but like that wisdom voice that you're looking for, like it's not in there. The the inner voice is actually or that wisdom intuitive voice that we're looking for the higher self. It is much less words. Mm-hmm. And even if it's something like scary, like, Hey, um, you're not gonna be able to pay your rent next month. Right? Like, even if it's something scary, it's going to say it with a piece. And it's also going to say it with like very few words. That's one thing that I have learned for sure. That, that That's like an easy way to look at like at your, our anxious or our fear voice or our brain voice has so many words mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. very inefficient. So the inner voice is much more efficient. And then I would say is um, you want to develop 
the relationship with the inner voice because the inner voice is not going to scream. Like it's not going to scream over outside noise. Um, it's not going to scream over your anxiety. Like it is constantly waiting for you to come home mm. and to like sit and listen to it. So other things that we want to do is we have to first realize like what other voices are we listening to, right? So when I was making that choice of moving, I'm sorry, excuse me, when I was making that choice of calling off the wedding, I mean, there were so many other choices, other voices I was listening to. I was listening to my mother's voice. That was like the main voice in my head. Even if she was not the one talking to me, that was like the voice, right? Yeah. Um, maybe we're listening to some sort of like collective society voice. Um, maybe we're listening to the voice of our children. They're not even like really speaking to us. It's like these voices that we develop within ourselves. Um, like it could be an inner critic, an inner, you know, um, responsibility, all these kind of things. So we first have to like learn like, oh my gosh, like listen, look at all these voices I'm listening to and their volume is so loud that I can't hear the inner voice. So I think it's also helpful to start blocking out all other sounds, all other voices. And sometimes they're even like quote unquote good voices that that get too loud. So for instance, maybe I am starting my own business and I'm like really into learning and I'm in listening to all these podcasts about business to like help me start my business. That's not a bad thing, of course, but at some point now you have like seven different podcaster, like podcast hosts as your inner voice. And you have to decide to just, it, it does not make it bad, make them bad or anything like that. It just means that like, I need to tune this out for a little bit because I cannot, he like I need to put the volume down for just a little bit. Maybe it's a month of detox so that I can hear myself. Mm. So really develop, like really putting some time and effort into hearing yourself and having to put the volume down of everybody else is very, is also like one is part of the trick. Yeah. It's like discerning what's mine and what's not mine. And yeah. especially when you're on a path of like, expansion and you know that you want to, you know, that you're, you've heard it once and you know, you want to keep following it. Then you have to discern every time, you know, is this mine or is this not mine? And so you develop that muscle of just knowing the inner knowing and inner trust. And do you think as being like an empathetic person or like a really open person that you have to do a lot more to, to not hear once you're like aware that you hear other people's voices, because if you're not aware of it, you just don't know. You're just like, oh, there's a voice in my head, but you don't really know even at the level of discernment. So do you feel like you have to now consciously kind of uh, set energetic boundaries of that space? So you're not just like having people's thoughts in your space all the time? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I teach a program called soul, Te soul teacher. It's a certification program where I teach people how to do readings and, you know, how to really develop their intuition, like their psychic abilities. Okay. So the women that join, they think, you know, they're coming out to be these like incredible readers, which many of them do, but it's so funny. Like the, one of the first lessons is teaching them what's yours and what's not. And this just blows their mind because so many of us who are intuitive or am empaths, or we've been like absorbing energy forever. We were like, wait a second. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's so life-changing when you realize that so much of what you're picking up is like actually not yours. Yeah. And um, that's definitely a part of the process. Like, especially for my intuitives that 
function off of feeling. So if you walk into a room and you're like, feels weird here, yeah. feels like spot, <laughs> then you're going to be my feelers, right? And that's a little tricky because it's a little like superpower that you have, but at the same time, if you, it's like having a magic wand, but you don't know how to control it. Mm-hmm. So it could really, you know, those of us who are like that will get sick. Um, we're always drained. We almost feel like bipolar sometimes because you're like feeling great one day and then feeling like awful the other day. If you don't know how to um, energetically uh, release the energy, like, especially let's say you're working as a hairdresser, right? And somebody comes with their like, energy and you know part of being hairdressers hairdresser is being a healer so you're like this shaman that's like letting the person like drop all their baggage there and they feel great once they leave but if you don't know how to like energetically clean your energy afterwards you now are the carrier of that energy and it'll cause all sorts of like you know problems for you so it's not a bad thing that we can feel other people's um energy i mean that most of us as kids sometimes we grew up in households where like the parents were not emotionally intelligent. They weren't able to communicate their own emotions. So as a child, like we developed that ability to like feel everybody's feelings just to feel safe, to know like what was happening. So it definitely like helps at some point. But I always say like, we want to get into the place where we're observing energy and not absorbing energy. Um, because you can still pick up if your mom is sad or not sad without, you can see it and you can experience it but you don't have to absorb it. So we really want to move away from that. And that's also how you can start to um, realize, oh, like that's not mine. Or even like the people that are telepathic. I mean, my son is like crazy telepathic. When I was a kid, I would be like mad at my husband and I would never, I wouldn't say it like to the kids or whatever. And out of nowhere, my little like six-year-old would be like, dad, you never do anything. You don't pick, you know, like you leave the dirty, you leave the dirty plates. It's like literally like the guy was like hearing my voice. Um, Cause you know, I was in that age with, I was in that place with like very young kids and I hated my husband because it never felt like, you know, equal, like he was out working and, and I was home with um, taking care of the kids. And in my head, I was like, fucker, man, he like comes home and everything's clean. And I was just thinking it to myself. And then my son would like, narrate what was in my mind. I was like, man, like, I'm, I'm not even safe here. Like, you know, so some of us don't know that that those weren't his feelings. He did not know that yeah. that was his telepathic ability. Have you practiced like doing it with him? Like even, since you're aware of it, because I, that's something I started doing with my daughter. She's, oh my gosh, she's so deep. I'm like, how many lifetimes have you lived? Like yeah. so, so deep. And we can read each other's minds. And so we started kind of practicing it in like a fun, playful way of like, we'll like sit and like stare at each other and like practice, like saying what we think the other person is thinking. And it's amazing. And we'll just like start laughing so hard because we really can pick up on each other's thoughts. And sometimes we'll, I'll be, bring up something super like childish and silly, like I'm thinking I'll be thinking about like the word poop or something. I don't know, something, (laughs) something just like so weird. And she'll be like, "Ah." like, (laughs) she's nine now. And my son is eight. And, um, I'm really good at doing it with my daughter because she can stay really calm and grounded, but my son is a little bit more high energy and kind of can't really focus as much, but it's really, really fun to do with her because yeah. it's super accurate. <laughs> yeah. 
I always joke that I'm going to make a bumper sticker that says like, my child can read your child's energy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like those bumper stickers are like, my child got honor roll, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to start telling people. Um, Yeah, definitely the kids, teaching kids, um, the intuitive work is amazing. And also it gives them the permission to never let it go. Because a lot of people that come into my class have all these memories of different things or, you know, experiences as children, but they had to shut it off at some point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't safe. Um, it's amazing what the kids can do. Like I do, um, I remember the first time doing like a spirit guide meditation with my older two and they got there in seconds, like in seconds, they were in that, the visualization with the guide had like detailed information. And it's interesting because I teach, you know, it took me for a long time to develop that within myself. Um, it took me a lot to teach myself when I teach others, it takes some time, but the kids, they can go there real quick. They don't have as much of a filter, like this, like logical filter that tells them like, oh, that's not real. Like they don't, they're still kind of in this place of like, um, what is real and what's not, you know, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, did you know that you had these gifts? Like, was it something that you were already having access to and aware of? And if so, were, were they like welcomed or were your parents a little bit like, Whoa, because okay. <laughs> my parents were like that with me. Like they didn't understand me to this day. My mom's like, it all makes sense now. And I'm like, yeah, see, like, cause they were just, I was like misunderstood. Nobody understands me. Um, because I was different and not different in a bad way, but different in a way that they didn't, they didn't understand. That's beautiful. That, um, that at least you've had like the full circle moment. I'm still not understood. There. Yeah, I'm still Getting not there. Understood my family. Well, I don't think um, I'll ever be understood. I think it's now understood that we won't, that they might not ever understand me yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah, accepting yeah, yeah. of, um, where they're at and where you're at. Yeah. And not yeah. trying to like put me in something like some sort of idea of who they thought I should be. Exactly. Well, that's dissolved. What a gift, but, um, no, you know, I love that question because I was not, uh, showing any psychic signs. I actually don't have any memories of any, um, you know, I'm like, you always hear about those mediums that like predicted their, you know, grandfather dying or, you know, spoke to a ghost. I didn't have, I don't, I don't have any of those memories. So if, if it happened, I don't remember. And, um, I love that about, I always joke that, you know, I grew up Catholic. My parents are Cuban. So I was, I went to Catholic school my whole life. And I always say that if I showed any signs of that, they would have definitely like shipped me off to like, I don't know, a Canadian nun school or something to make sure. It's so crazy to me about Catholics because there's so many rituals, so many rituals, so many saints. I always like tell my mom, I'm like, um, you know, there's like, no, like you guys, Talk to so saint. Like, (laughs) like, what do you think a saint is, Mama? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I mean, is that any different than like a guide or anything? So (laughs) they are very well. It's it's a lot of um, at least in the Cuban culture, especially it's a lot of um class and colonization and like. My husband's mom is Cuban, so I'm pretty. I'm yeah. I'm she's from Cuba. She moved here back when she was um a little girl. So. That's, we we have lots of Cuban family in oh, Miami and like, I'm very familiar with the Cuban culture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting. Yeah, it is. And, and like, you know, there's a lot of like racism in the culture. So the, the enslaved Africans that were brought to Cuba, they mm-hmm. came with their traditional African religions, which was, is much more, um, 
so many rituals, you know, and uh, the the colonizer, the the Italian, the excuse me, the Spaniards like came with Christianity and took over, and you know, unfortunately, religion was used to control people, and they you know didn't they even took away the enslaved Africans' religions. So there's just like this fear of, um, and you know, Africans were were and are more connected like to the land, to spirits, um, to like they were speaking to the plants and speaking way before where like, you know, that European centric way of seeing the world is really about like logic. Mm -hmm. So um, because my roots are from there, I like anything that didn't fall into Catholicism like was not accepted. Um, and still not accepted. Like my mom has a really hard time. I mean, it never goes away. Like I've been doing this work for 12 years and she has a really, really, she's constantly telling me like, hi, Mija, go back to the church. And I'm like, mom, I am like in church, you know, like every day, like I am so connected and I am like, I feel great with my connection and my spirituality. But, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's scary because um, moving into your spiritual connection gives you so much freedom. And there are so many people that don't want us to have freedom, unfortunately. So, um, mm. and you know, we're going outside the box, we're going into the unknown and even the people that like love us the most. So like my mother, she's doing it out of love, like out of protection for me. Like, gosh, if you go outside of this box, where are you going? What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, like all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it's not easy for us to come out of the spiritual closet for no matter like where we come from, but that's not, it's not never an easy process. And there is no box and people get scared when you're not in a box. Mm -hmm. So never accepted and then, um, or never would have been accepted. And then what happened was I had, um, you know, like any good story, I was dating a guy and I thought I was going to marry him in my early twenties. And he like, uh, broke up with me suddenly. And I was like, ah, oh, I need a psychic, like somebody get me a psychic, uh, which was going against my religion. I had never been to a psychic. I was super afraid that my mom would like find out or something, but thankfully I had some like rebel girlfriends that were awful, also Catholic, but knew all the good psychics. And, hmm. um, so we went around town, like looking for a good psychic, which actually in Miami, we have a lot of um, people who practice Santeria and that's again, an African derived religion and they're like intuitives. So I would go to them and kind of figure it out. And this one woman changed my life. She was just like a really good reader and she predicted so much and she was so, and I just found it. I was like, why are people afraid of like people who are intuitive? This is beautiful work to have somebody who doesn't know you to sit with you and validate some stuff that she would have like never known about you, right? Like she doesn't know you, um, to be able to like give you hope, to be able to give you guidance as to like how to stay on your path. I mean, what a gift. So it was great experience because I was like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, I don't know why people are like, I don't know why I was ever taught to be afraid of this. Um, again, I think it's the control and the freedom, you know, problem. So when I sat with this woman, I, after the reading, I was like, do you think I can do what you do? Like, it was kind of a weird question, but I don't know why I got this, like, I got this message to ask her that. And she was like, absolutely. So she was so kind to like, tell me, yes, she like, she believed that anybody was intuitive and all that. So she introduced me to a few books and I started studying about angels because that felt like safe to me. I was like, all right, there's angels in the Bible. And so I would 
study on my own. I was like reading, the, you know, I was fashion and beauty editor by day and, you know, witch by night. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I used to always tell like, I had like all the weirdest, strangest books. And I was always embarrassed when people would come over because I like didn't want them to read, to, to see like the books I was reading. I was reading about like the truth about Jesus or like Mary Magdalene. I, obviously I started in Christianity first because I needed to like unravel that, you know, I needed yeah. to understand like, so I started with my roots first. So if any of you are um, going down that path, I think going through your roots is very helpful. Yeah. Like There's so much mysticism yeah. in the Bible and everywhere. Yeah. John the yeah. Baptist, I mean, the OG healer. So yeah. I think always start with your roots and you're going to see that it's always been there. It's just like kind of been hidden. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, from there, like, I just got like really interested. I started to have, I got a bunch of different certifications. I studied uh, Theta Healing and um, Reiki, still thinking, like just doing it for myself. Like I was just doing it for my own healing, um, for my own evolution. I was very happy at my job. And, but then it's like, almost like, and then one day you're not. You know what I mean? It's so hard to even know when that starts happening. Like you have this job that you were so excited about. And um, it was such a flashy, fun job in Miami. And then like one day it wasn't fun anymore, you know? So, um, and and I think it had a lot to do with like the love that I had for what was like coming forward. I I definitely did not, I did not feel ready to come out of the closet, but I thought maybe I could like dip my toe in. So I started doing like, self-help blogging. And I would do like little like classes on different self-help topics. But what would happen is like when people would work with me one-on-one, -on -one, um, the intuition stuff like just started to happen. I would like, like, I want more of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, where is that coming from? And I was like, damn it. So it's kind of very like a witch thing. You know, it's like when you come into my cave, I'll give it a little bit of it, but on the exterior, I wouldn't give it out. And that's also has a lot to do with me being a cancer in all parts of my chart. So I just work like sometimes some of that stuff has to be processed in small, in a small way. Yeah. So, um, so I was doing like both for a while and then I think a lot of like work changes, I think are inspired by some of our milestones, you know, like when you're becoming a mom or when you're getting married and, um, you're just like, your life is moving into that it's next stage. And it just makes sense that like the old way of working is doesn't work anymore because you're moving into a new life. So I was moving into getting married. Um, my husband had a daughter that I um, ended up adopting when she was little. And I just knew that like that lifestyle of, you know, the fashion magazine wasn't going to work anymore. So, and I had a, I had a new love. I was in love like with the work that I was doing. So I had to, I just, it just, it was very hard because my identity was caught up in being a fashion and beauty editor. I was like, if I am not Nikki Novo, you know, Refinery29 editor, then who the hell am I? Like, is anybody going to value me? And especially when you're in a job like that, I mean, everybody is like your fake friend. You know, everybody wants to be no. your friend. <laughs> no way. I, I mean, I have a little bit of that. I, I still have a little bit of that going on in this position too, which is, which is hard. But, um, you know, I was invited to like every cool event and then one day I wasn't, you know, so. it's, it's external. It's like, so external. Yeah. And I think because of the external and having coming from a similar space, it's like, I don't regret any of the path that I've taken and, or the people I was around or the things that happened, but it was such an external world where yeah. everyone around you is trying to protect their 
identity and their status. And once you start journeying into the unseen realms and the internal world of your own existence, it's really hard to play in such a, I don't want to call it dense. I don't want to call it superficial, but like more of a externalized focus where case, like everybody's scared in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I want to talk about like, what do you believe in? Like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how, you, <laughs> how far into the universe have you explored? Like, <laughs> what kind of model, like what, what have you seen? Like, I want, I want to know like what your dreams are. And, and so it is kind of hard to sometimes go there in spaces where everyone's kind of focused on, on growth, ladder climbing status, um, connections and in that kind of way, which can be a thrill, not going to lie. Like, Trying to climb the ladder in New York city to do New York fashion week and like headline you, you don't get there by being like, like love everybody you get there by like, who can I meet? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? You have to like, it's hard work that's scrappy and a hustle. Yeah. And if you're like goal oriented, it's super fun to do. You know, you're like, it was fun. fun. This person. But so then when you want to transition out of that, I mean, you have a lot of identity work to do, you know, that's (laughs) all in the stomach. It's that solar plexus, that, you know, ego place. And you have to be like, you have, I I see it as a process of widening your identity. Like I only thought I was a fashion and beauty writer. And now I was like, well, I'm actually more than that, you know, and and actually even, you know, becoming somebody's wife kind of expanded that a little bit. Like, oh, now I'm a wife. Like, you know, my identity (laughs) is expanding. I'm, you know, at first it's like, oh, I'm a child. I'm a daughter. I'm a student. Um, You know, now I'm a fashion and beauty editor. So, but then you want to, like, it's like, you just want to keep going wider and not seeing these, not, you know, we don't realize that these identities, whatever I say I am after really ends up keeping me in a box. Like that is as far as I can go. Like if I only, if I keep telling myself, I'm a fashion and beauty editor, I'm a fashion and beauty editor, I'm a fashion and beauty editor. Well, then I can never be the person who grows flowers. Like we started the conversation with. Yeah. So really expanding your I ams, you know, and really allowing yourself to be, I don't, I, I, I do think we need little boxes every once in a while, because like anything, a too big of a box is going to feel very scary. So we want to, but we're meant to expand. So we're meant to expand those little boxes or cages or whatever you want to call it and our identities. So when it's time that when we're being called to a new career, let's say, or a new life, the first thing we have to do is look at those identities and see how can we support ourselves in giving ourselves the right words that leave for expansion, like it leaves growth. So if I've been telling myself that I'm just one thing, like, can I start changing that to support me in this move? So as soon as I was like, okay, I'm not just a fashion and beauty editor. I'm these other things. Um, Definitely, you know, sometimes we just like leap from one title to the other. So that can be tricky too, but I was just allowing myself to grow bigger into how I saw myself and my identity. And that's what makes that leap easier. Mm, I love that. I I just had this visual of when you're saying grow wider with our identity, it's like, instead of trying to think of it as 
I'm here down here and I'm still just this. And I want to get here to be this and move up. It's expanding outward and like embodying all of the things that brought you to the, the outer layer of who you are, the bigger version of who you are, because just because I am going to be teaching, you know, creatives, how to manifest with the elements doesn't mean I'm not still a mom and I'm not still a wife and I'm not still a daughter and I'm not still a hairdresser. And, you know, all of those things can still exist while you're expanding outwardly your repertoire of who you are. Something that I started doing because I don't know if you've experienced this with the fucking internet. It's like um, trying to say on like Instagram, because that's a big place where I'm able to thankfully connect with people. I live in Michigan. I have people I'm connected with all over the world now. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, but I was struggling so hard in my evolutions and in my expansions of like, what do I put up there? Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I, oh my God. All that's these strategists it. are like, put this and I help this and I do this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't like any of it. And, um, Oh, that's such a hard stage. I remember yeah. that. I have people like present to me what they thought I was. Yeah. Like, give me a presentation. I would pay people to like present to me mm-hmm. what they saw me as. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so looking for the next identity. I couldn't handle it. I could not handle not having a signature. Yeah. I just kind of landed somewhere recently and I, I discovered that putting I am wasn't going to work for me because it wasn't, it wasn't going to. It was going to limit you. It was going to limit me. And my whole entire philosophy is limitless soul. So I'm like, that does not going to work. That is not going to work. And so I started finding words that felt more, um, expressive. So I put, I create energetic systems for women to, um, what, what I create. Yeah. I create energetic systems for women to help them with support their manifestations. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, that, that feels for right now fluid and it's, it's, it's giving enough explanation. Cause I, I yeah. like to create systems. I tried to avoid that for a long time. And like, I wanted to be free and I want to be floaty. I'm so spiritual. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I am a boss. I want to, I need like a structure. I want a, some rules because I, and the more I tried to run away from that identity, the more it kept trying to find me. Um, yes. because for me, like that's my soul signature. That is what I I'm here to do. I'm a builder. I'm a creator. I'm an architect. It's my design it, it is to help build. And so what am I building? I'm helping build and create structure for the, the, the energetic system that we want all of our energy to flow through so that we can be supported, abundant, creative, expressive, and we have to have some kind of structure or else we're just going to be floating off into space and we won't ever get anywhere. And it's stressful and it's confusing. There has to be a container to hold the feminine. You know, that's why yeah. we are yin and yang in this world. And those containers are so important. Yeah. So I, I've, I've found that the identity piece has been helpful to say like, I create or I use, or, you know, these kind of this language that really does, if you break it down into, I'm an astrologer too. So it's like each, each identity or like our ego identity has some sort of affirmation that can really sum up what, you know, if you look at a few different things like your midheaven or your rising or your, even just your, your sun sign, each of those kind of, um, energetic archetypes has a signature 
kind of affirmation that will guide you into, well, what, what should I be doing? How can I be delivering this? How should I, you know, present this information? And mine is I use like Capricorns, they use things. Yeah. Cause we, we anchor in Capricorn. Do what I'm raising a little Capricorn and my South node is, is in Capricorn. So, um, okay. I know the Capricorn energy. Like, familiar. Very well. Yeah, very well. And definitely like I have the, so I'm North node cancer. I'm a sun cancer, a rising cancer. It's all over. I'm, I am the mother <laughs> and, um, I come from, I was, uh, I come from a, a lineage of women who like resented being mother because they had other dreams. They had bigger dreams and they didn't want to just be mother. And a lot of my life was built off of that. Like, I was like, I'm going to redo that. You know, I'm going to be both mother, mother of three children and live my dreams and live into my purpose and my career and all those things. And I have, and coming from that writer fashion, you know, beauty. I was very much in Capricorn energy. Um, I have a Leo, I have a Leo moon and um, really about like that brightness and that celebrity. And like, it's very natural for me to like seek that, you know, like this ego part. But every time I take one of those like personality tests, it'll be like, you're the supporter. And I'm like, fuck you. I need to do this again. <laughs> I thought I was the star, you know, like, <laughs> that's how you feel. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, fucking star. Um, and then it's like, no, I keep getting. And then, um, you know, and lately speaking of, you know, kind of shifting into soul led living is first like, okay, where's life taking me? You know, like, let me keep following that. And then ultimately it's like, how do I start uh, aligning and embodying my higher self, right? So the higher self has its energy. And this lifetime, there's a big mother component, like supporter component, like caring for others, um, raising others, you know, not just my, my three children that are my own, but even my community, all those. And I've really um, fought that you know, some of it is ancestral because, um, some of it is my South node being a Capricorn, but my destiny is to like live in to that energy and, uh, manifesting from, let's say that Capricorn energy for me, cause it's comfortable. It's what I know is so different than manifesting from more of that destiny energy, which is like, who I, you know, what my energetic signature truly is this lifetime. And I think that that is where we can go wrong with our manifesting sometimes. Like you can manifest something from the wrong place. We like, we are creators. We can either, you know, we can create from our truth or we can also create from our free will. Like there's no judgment there. Uh, when I do readings, one-on-one -on -one readings, I always like to look at people's paths and I like to see like, are they living on their con soul's contract or are they, you know, like falling off and making other choices? And it's funny, like most of us like use our free will to, you know, make the choices we want to make. They're pretty close to what our um, true path is, but living that true path is requires so much humility mm -hmm. and surrender. And it, it's kind of like saying like, okay, God, I'm not going to fight you anymore. Like, I see that you gave me all this energy, this cancer energy, um, and I'm resisting it and I'm fighting it. And that's why I create some stuff in my life and it's a little wonky um, because I'm creating it from like another place, but I really want to create from my truth. And that is a process, you know, like, I think that that takes a certain like spiritual maturity. I think it takes like humility and surrender to, to really go there, you know, to like take our hands off the wheel. Mm. 
I love that. Do you know what your midheaven is? I don't. I was just saying when you said that, I was like, I don't know my midheaven. Do you know what your rising is? Um, Leo. So you do. No, I'm such a liar. I'm sorry. I'm a cancer rising. A okay. cancer, cancer sun rising. So you would be Libra. Oh. Libra midheaven. So it's 90 degrees. Um, it's, it's, so if your rising is on the horizon, it's above when you're born and that's your career line. So mm -hmm. it, that's something I've been playing with and it's really fun to explore. Um, so balancing it all balancing and mm -hmm. career wise and how you express yourself through your career is probably through beauty, right? Mm -hmm. Like beauty and balance and harmony and making sure everything's kind of in sync, um, as you're expressing. So that's a fun one to play around with, uh, in like when you're trying to decide, like, how do I express myself through my work? How, how can I best deliver, um, my messages? How can I best like express this? So it meets people is through our midheaven mine's in Leo. So I'm supposed to be an entertainer. I'm supposed to have All a right. podcast. I'm supposed to be like <laughs> da, 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 making reels or doing, you know, whatever without attachment to <laughs> feeling stupid. So of that Leo energy. Oh, that's well, thanks for the little mini read. I yeah. Appreciate yeah. The midheaven. It's really easy to find. And, um, it's a fun one to explore, especially for entrepreneurs, because we can sometimes get stuck of like, how do I want to approach this? Or how do I want to do this? And your midheaven is a really good, uh, that's kind of director. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this has been so much fun. I can't believe we've already been like almost an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to kind of close with or wrap it up with, um, for everyone who's been listening, this has been so fun. So fun. Just trying to see what your, what the audience can use. They need maybe like a little, like a quick meditation or something like a quick, I kind of see like a reading. There's like a message reading. for them. Ooh, yeah. Um, It's funny. Yeah. We've been talking about the mother there's, I'm getting the message you guys for you guys that are listening, um, that there's an inner mother within you that wants to support you during this process. Like it looks like there's a lot of, um, transitioning happening with some of you, uh, maybe a little bit of feeling like loss, like what's the next step. And it looks like that next step is going to be sweet. Like it's important to bring like sweetness into that process. Like that mother that's going to give you a hug and um, like, there's like a playfulness to her. Like this inner mother is not, um, you know, strict or uh, like bull, you know, like sometimes our inner mother is like super tough on us or mother, you know, like bullying us almost. And it's almost like the divine mother wants to kind of explain the difference between that for you guys. Like this is the inner mother's encouraging and uh, she's sweet. And she's like always ready whenever you're ready to come back to her and ask her for support. I see a lot of you like doing the thing, but like not asking for support, uh, not asking for like help through through this process, like almost like having to raise yourself, you know, in a way, like almost having to be um, the adult, like too early type, you know, type of energy. So as you're moving and transitioning, like it's okay to 
get down on your knees a little bit and be like, I'm a little lost. Like I could really use not, not tell them exactly what you want, but almost like I could just use some support. I can use some clarity, like really, it's almost like a feeling of surrendering and being vulnerable into those arms of the divine mother and not trying to tell her how to help you or not trying to tell her how to direct the message or anything like not giving her, you know, rules as to how it needs to come, but more of a, um, accepting the support. And it might not only be like inner support or divine support, but also the support around you. Like you deserve support. How can I build more support? Um, for me, that was a big game changer. Like I, when I knew that I really wanted to go into my work, my life wasn't super supported, you know, like I didn't have, um, support of like friends or, you know, parents or anything. And it, it, I didn't, I didn't come into the world with like that natural support that some people might have, but that didn't, that doesn't mean that I didn't deserve it. So I started to really manifest support. That was like the first thing, like I needed that foundation. And it was to me, support was like somebody who could help me with my kids, um, clients who would support my work. So I could keep doing this, um, for my husband to understand what I was doing. And I needed that like foundation. And I had to like tell the world that I deserved support. Um, if I kept waiting for support, it would like never come. So I just made the decision and was like, I'm, I, my work deserves support. Like I deserve support. And, um, that's what I'm getting for you guys. So think about your support and even just setting that intention. It's so crazy how it comes your way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being here today, Nikki. This was so lovely. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. And I'll put down in the the notes, do you have anything going on right now? Any courses or offerings that you're, that you're working on or about to launch? So if anybody's ever interested in developing their own intuition, like, um, you know, getting a little bit more psychic, doing energy readings, uh, that kind of stuff. I teach that in our soul Academy. So we have a couple levels depending on like where you're at soul teacher, if you want to get certified and all that. So that's a really fun community. And, um, we've been doing that for a while and it's beautiful to see everybody come out as their healers and teach yourselves and being able, it's amazing to see how people's psychic abilities just like pop open. So that's always a fun thing. And then I do like little programs. So I have like a, you know, a manifest, a soul led manifesting program. I have, um, a purpose program and they're based off the way that I do my readings. So they're based off, like they're inspired by what I see in my readings. So it's a really fun and they're like low priced and they're just on my website. They're evergreen. They're always there. So yeah. And if you want to connect on Instagram, I'm there. And I also have a podcast called ask Nikki Novo. Beautiful. I love it. I know there's a lot of people who are probably going to run over there and do that right now because <laughs> it's <laughs> super needed and um, such a great offering for people who are excited about exploring that and want support, right? Like here it is. <laughs> here <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> if that's what you were just thinking, you need support to learn this. Nikki's got you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. Bye.